0: Hello and welcome to episode 5, series 4 of One Foot in the Podcast, where we'll be discussing one of the all-time classics, The Trial. Scarily fast approaching the end of this great series where we're about to review once again, by many, many fans' accounts, one of the greatest episodes. A one-man show with just Richard Wilson absolutely nailing his solo outing. Uh, Before we get into the uh, nitty-gritty, I'm welcome back, well, I would like to welcome back even friend of the show and it's ben hello ben hi tom how's it going it goes fine to be honest with you i'm uh i'm in a good place i've got a long weekend off bank holiday weekend weekend off's coming obviously by the time this is released it won't be bank holiday so that might cause some confusion but i'm all right how are you no, doing
1: you'll be you'll be knee deep in work by the time they go you won't have time to enjoy the hordes of admiration you get for recording this <laughs> <Nice> <laughs> you say.
0: yeah but um
1: uh, yeah i'm fine i'm fine it's good to be back this is uh this is one of my favorite episodes. So um, it's. Uh, it's nice, nice to be asked back for
0: this particular one. Well, I, like I said, I said you're offline. I really needed some help discussing this particular episode because it is just Richard Wilson, one whole scene in the house, lots going on. It does definitely needs two people to discuss this. I have I done agree. timeless time. No, that was two, two, that was, that was Victor and Margaret. i was just trying to think. No, this is the only, this is the only episode with just Richard Wilson, isn't it? Yes. Yes, Yeah. Okay. So this really this is a first, yes. and I can't recall any other. Sitcoms off the top of my head where the, the main characters just featured. There must be, but I can't think of any from the top of my head. From any. The
1: only one I can think of that's slightly comparable is Bedtime. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was no, I didn't. by Andy Hamilton and it's three terraced houses next to each other and it focuses on those three what, what's going on in those three families at bedtime as they're getting ready for bed. Okay. So it's very sort of driven by dialogue. Um, it's got Tim. Do I mean Tim West, Prunella his husband? Is that, oh, yeah. Timothy West. Timothy yeah. West. Yeah. Sheila Hancock, Stephen Tompkinson. It's a really good little show. It's very quiet, and it kind okay. of ha- has echoes of this, kind of almost like a, a sort of Alan Be- Alan Bennett style right. thing, but with a you know obviously okay. more characters, but set in this sort of very isolated setting. Yes. So it's, uh, I highly recommend it. Actually, it's a good series. I'll. Yeah, good.
0: I'll. I'll uh, is that easy accessible? Is it? Is it something that'll be on a streaming service, or I do you think doubt
1: it's it. Um, I think it's probably a DVD job.
0: Right. Yes, um, that's a dust out of the DVD player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good recommendation. But um, yeah, it's good to have you back on. It's, you've made a few appearances now. If I, have. I, if there's one person, I, feel that could really help me through an episode like this, it's yourself. All my guests have been great in their own ways, but I think since you've been on quite a few times, I thought. It was worth you coming back, well, to guide me through these scenes, because I think
1: <laughs> what well, I know... A you scene, you indeed. <laughs>
0: seen, been, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, very, yeah, that's all I need to say, really. I, I can't even finish my sentence, but yeah, it's good to have you back on. The trial. Uh, a quick synopsis. So whilst waiting to be called in for jury duty, Victor spends the day trying to fill time with arguments over the telephone, self-diagnosing life-threatening illnesses, and pondering over his boredom so let's crack on shall we well there isn't an opening no opening credits there's no opening theme tune which is no i gross, think, I think it? This is probably
1: one of is it probably only one foot in the algarve that also didn't have the the tortoise at the beginning yes yeah and instead we we sort of fly in over riverbank towards his house yeah, We hear thunder and rain and it's a very bleak
0: looking day and then we sort of fade in through the window. And That's right. It's, it's a very dark and drizzly, thundery day like it has been in, well, my part of the country and it? what it's like in Yorkshire. But very much the same. I'm in mean, Manchester, by the way, but yeah, very sorry, much the same. Um, but yeah, opening shot of like a raven perch on a tree, sort of, is that a nod to a Hitchcock film? Could well be, I feel well like, Could I feel well like it probably is. Um, but yeah, like you said, we've got a aerial view shot of a Riverbank with mm-hmm. the perched raven, I think it's a raven anyway. It looks quite something out of a horror film, and it's yeah, thunder. And We pan slowly into the Meldrew's uh living room, uh, weather, yeah, weather is ha- absolutely hammering down, thunder can be heard. Uh, yes, yeah, so a steady, steady pace as we go straight through into the living room where we see. Victor on the telephone.
1: Yeah, he's sort of wittering to himself about being on hold. Hello,
2: yes. I don't know if you remember me, Victor Meldrew, the talking cockroach. I wanted to a jurors and jury service this week and I was just ringing up to see if I'd be required again tomorrow. And
1: compares himself to a talking cockroach, I think. I, yeah they, they speak they, know, they speak to you like an insect into the bargain that's what he says and then when the person comes back on the line he said oh i don't know if you remember me victor meldrew the talking cockroach
0: that's to imply he's been there obviously for a long time because cockroaches yeah, live yeah. for for well, an eternity so <laughs> he's he, i think it's some sort of switchboard operator like you said he's been putting them on hold who's he get, trying to get hold of is I it to do jury yeah
1: Court, yeah so he's, he's as he's wittering while he's on hold he's saying oh, i've been waiting for five days and i still haven't set foot inside a, a courtroom yet um and then we learn that that's why he's sort of confined to the house
0: yeah so that's um, that's the opening plot already we we know why he's um well he's forever waiting in for uh, tradesmen isn't he or deliveries or whatever and this time it is for jury duty uh, yeah, there's no you ever,
1: scraping shovels he can recall in this one now. Sadly,
0: <laughs> have you um, ever been called up for jury service?
1: No, but you know what? I'd really like to. As yeah. long as it was a sort of really gritty, sort of broad church style case. Yeah,
0: nothing, nothing boring really like good. fraud. We want it to be uh, yeah, something a yeah. bit sinister. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't want someone in a suit who's committed fraud. I want no. a proper proper yeah. crime that, yeah. that documentaries are going to be made about.
0: That's right. That is yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it's something that you must do apparently unless you've got pretty much well a solid excuse not to i don't know what kind of reasons that would be uh, well
1: my mum was called up for jury duty and she had to decline because she she has sort of skeletal problems so she can't right. sit down for a long period of time right. and apparently once you've been uh, excused you're you're likely to never be asked again and I she was gutted yeah. about that because if she's got better she's like i'd really uh, like to do it but now i can't
0: yeah uh, that's I that's that would be a shame if it was just by fluke, you can attend, and you generally yeah. would like to. With the fact that there's jury service waiting, Victor, and I, I wonder what did, did Redmond ever reveal? What the like in interviews? What the court case was for? Who the not no. that
1: I've seen, certainly not, and I don't remember reading anything about this in the book either. No. Um, so I think it could just be one of those things. But I mean it's a, it's a useful device to keep him in the house all day and, yeah. and you know, we we kept in the house with him all day and I think to a very large extent we kind of kept in his head as well because there's there's not a lot going on outside of him in this episode.
0: That's he does right.
1: he, he only mentions Margaret once in the whole half an hour when he's complaining about where she's put a flange. Yeah. <laughs> we don't hear anything about the neighbours, everything's just his internal monologue just being spoken out loud.
0: For all we know, Victor being retired he probably has many days like this this is just we obviously for the sake of storyline we see all sorts going on in his life but i i expect when margaret's at work he will be wandering around the house trying to find things to do looking up well one of the things he does a lot in this is he's got like um a a medicine book a health uh like he's check. he's he's basically checking to see what ailments he may have yeah he's got so much time on his hand he's he's, his mind is racing yeah is he been at home for five days now?
1: Yeah, he says is, he says on the phone five days on the trot, and I still haven't set a foot inside a courtroom.
0: That's a killer. I mean, why why would they would they ask would the courts ask you to stay at home so you can't intervene in any way in the build up to a case? I can't think of why. I don't
1: know. I, don't, I mean, maybe they have sort of. I don't know if they have. Substitute jurors that they just call up if hmm. some of them get sick, or if the court if the court case has been adjourned for several days for some reason, then they don't know when it's going to restart. Yeah, maybe all the jurors have just got to stay in and wait.
0: Possibly, yeah, perhaps. I don't know. But, but I mean, that's um,
1: that's why I guess you know all the other times when he's at home and Margaret's at work, at least he's got the freedom to go out. At least true. he he's kind of just under house arrest, really.
0: Yes, that is essentially what it is. I mean, yeah. he he describes as. His boredom has, I think, given him the willies, the fact that he's had to stay in. Yeah. I, I don't, for me, the term the willies is sort of spook, spooked out. Does yeah, that, I don't I, think
1: he enjoys his own company very much.
0: I think he's afraid of what, well, of, of having a, um, a mini breakdown, I suppose. Like well, we'll just... see
1: what happens to him later. I mean, he goes a bit <laughs> psychotic later in this episode where he spots them all and just assumes that his life's over straight away.
0: Yeah. So very when irrational.
1: he's on his own, and when he's, when he's just forced to be with his own thoughts, he just goes insane.
0: He's absolutely... Well, the, the stage we're at now, uh, the episode, so he, he's getting a little paranoid. He, he, he looks at the... Um, first of all, he's a bit... It's, it's quite unlucky that the weather is bad, because he can't get out and about... or he can't even get in his garden to do you know, a bit of lawn mowing or, or anything like that. Um, yeah,
1: he says I've got a hundred and one jobs to do out there, and I'm stuck in here. Yeah. And he, he mentions the the lawnmower. Yes. Yeah, um,
0: he mimics what you know God would say as he, as he looks down at Victor. Yes,
1: I think I can just see Meldrew undoing the flex on his lawnmower. Let's piss, piss it, it down. down. <laughs> yeah. But I noticed that um, in threatening weather, the series six isolated episode, he also has trouble with a lawnmower as well.
0: Oh uh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. He says he, he describes theme. he he likens himself to be. As the, the Prisoner of Zender, which I only looked up as that's a novel by Anthony Hope. I've not, I've not heard yeah. of that. Have you, have you read? Prison it's of one Zender? of
1: the many things that I only know exists because of one foot in the because grave. They, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never read it. Apparently, it's a fantasy novel, which isn't really my genre. So uh, right,
0: no, I, I've never heard of it. But yeah, like like a lot of these references, I do have to look them up online. Um, so one of the first, so we have to probably do a tally chart of how many times he thinks he's going to die or got uh, something wrong with him. So the first I had down was a simple scab on the inside of his wrist. Whenever I was to
2: pick that scab off, it would start bleeding. <laughs> yeah. All dried up now, like a Kellogg's brand flake. <laughs>
0: and he describes it as a dried up Kellogg's brand flake. Um,
1: yeah, and he's picking at it.
0: Now I, I've had a, a bite on my inside of my wrist funnily enough um, and it's only got worse because I've been itching it or just out boredom and when I'm supposed to be working I'll be sort of you know gently itching it and it's it's a lot worse and it's something we well a lot of us do without much to, those of us who don't have much discipline with this sort of thing it's just tiny little things that David Renwick likes to uh, highlight that it's just the norm and he's on the back of picking his scab, it obviously bleeds quite heavily, doesn't it, later on. I think there's, yeah, anything, there's yeah. something happened on the back of that where he has to look at his manual for...
1: Not quite yet, I don't think. He's, no. he's, he's thinking about picking it, and then he says, oh, just leave it alone, Victor, let it, let it take yeah. its natural course. And then he does a big, over-the-top, dramatic yawn. Yawn. He he ponders like... what it is that makes you yawn.
0: What is it at... that makes us yawn, apart from, well... If you're not tired, I mean, you're a man of science. You have a good guess.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm a physicist. I'm not a biologist. So the, the mechanics of yawning, I've never really. Studied it's it's, cl- it's closer than I, I would know. get.
0: No, I <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, he likens. Uh, he, well, like you said, he wonders what makes you yawn apart from anything starring Robert Mitchell. I don't it's know. Mitchum. Was it Mitchum?
1: Mitchum. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, he's not an actor. Don't know uh, who he's is. another one of those people I'd never have heard of had it not been for One Foot in the Grave. Um, yeah. It's obviously I've never someone... seen any of his films.
0: It's just it's someone Rem, Rem doesn't isn't particularly fond of if he's having a dig. Apparently um, not. But he is. He continues to pick his scab, doesn't he? and yeah. he, Does he resist again? I think it starts. No, he
1: makes me- it bleed this time. Oh, Victor. Yeah. Why did you should do have it? left it? Should have, should left, have left it. it. And then he, we, we learn how he did it. Apparently, he did it did it on a Barclay card. I don't know how you slash your wrist on a Barclay card.
0: Yeah, he wonders, if you, can you get tetanus with a Barclay card? Uh, yeah. um, you know, you can get cut, you can cut, get cut by anything these days, and getting like a, like a colic sensation. Yeah, that's when he runs sick. for the medical dictionary. Yes, so he's looking up one of his first yeah. possible um, illnesses.
1: Once he's once he's read. He's picked up the medical dictionary, which is the same. I find this quite odd. He might have bought another one, I guess, but it's the same medical dictionary that he had in series one that managed to have survived his house being burnt down and collapsing and oh, came really? out with absolutely no. He may have rebought the medical he... dictionary, but then you come to the doll in Hole in the Sky that he'd had in the loft forever.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that a bit miraculously of
1: miraculously an... survived his house a collapsing a... as well.
0: Bit of a plot hole, isn't it? I mean, yeah that's a very good point unless yeah. i don't know you could just really stretch things and say yeah, he's got a certain stock at mrs warboy's house because he has got so much junk but probably Maybe. unlikely I've it's never like all the
1: stuff in uh, secret of the seven sorcerers all that magic stuff yeah, no, i wonder yeah. if he rebought all that it doesn't it, just it, it
0: looked the, the equipment looked dated at the time it looked like absolutely mm. it looked like classic equipment it looked, like, it looked quite it looked like the proper stuff but like you said, it didn't look like it was brand new. It looked like he'd be dusted off and put yeah, it, got a big it trunk. out of down out the loft. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But yeah, you you mentioned that it, he it looks behind the, well, along the frame of the Door that connects the living room to the hallway, and notices a crack. Yes, and then becomes paranoid about that.
0: It's just um, uh, he'll hit anything at this point. He's he's becoming. I mean, this is f- the fifth day he's stuck at home. So God knows what. Yeah. He's, as as the weeks progress, he's going to get like this, isn't he?
2: My God, colon tumor. <laughs> Often no symptoms in the early stages. Exactly what I've got. <laughs> Um, yeah colon
1: tumor often no large. symptoms in the early stages
0: and of course that's like anything like he, you could you could get paranoid about any illness that says, well there's no symptoms displayed, so yeah. it could be but um no. and
1: then there's zip fastener injuries that he happens to spot as well
0: yeah, that's right yeah I mean I that it's
1: such a weird thing to be in a medical dictionary as you well. <laughs> like, have,
0: have to stick a thimble down there now to like. yeah I,
1: don't know. I think Mark' a lovely mental image, isn't it?
0: His, um I think he again he, sna- he does snap out of it a bit. Like trying not to pick his scam, puts the book down. Then yeah, like we said, spots this crack on the wall. It was like the unit or the dresser they've got in their living room.
1: Yeah, just to the right of that, isn't it? Just behind the door.
0: He really yeah. is. It's like something out like of Doctor Who. The, the crack in the wall from
1: it is, Matt yeah. Smith
0: episodes. Eleventh yeah. uh, hour. Yeah. Yeah. He also thinks it's... well, the ground subsidence is. um Possibly the the reason behind this crack. Again, he gets another book out. I think it's some sort of DIY guide yeah. for, for, for beginners or something. The floor's uneven
1: once again. But it could be the fl- the the lining of his slippers <laughs> moving around. <laughs> suddenly making you feel like your house is tilted i mean he yeah. needs some new flippers really but i like how his his hypochondria isn't limited to himself it, it extends to his car and his house oh um, yeah that's and his and
0: personality it, inside out isn't it it's not But just... i kind
1: of understand you know he's had his house demolished he's then had a, a tree through the front of it so that'll have had to be rebuilt he then had a yeah. lamppost through it yeah. so i kind of understand his paranoia about his house falling to bits at this point Oh,
0: absolutely but in the midst of this he i think you can spot a a book as it were a six-legged creature i think it's a daddy long legs isn't it yeah he gets a bit shirty with this uh daddy long legs He sort of questions where do they come from they do just a they do just appear out of nowhere it feels like especially in the summer season Mm. well this is clearly uh, either very wet summer or or not um so he goes to uh gets a, a little um footstool with his little feather duster and yeah just chucks out the what does he say he chucks out the window i think he gets a little what bit...
1: are you waiting for a parachute that's <laughs> it so, yeah um, he also breaks he's, he's like you've got to get a hold of it without breaking too many of its legs like, so, oh bugger it yeah. So he's obviously named it on its way out that's well. right that's right
2: now the trick here is to get a hold of it without breaking too many of its. oh bugger it <laughs>
1: He says he's he's got a policy that he never shares a bath with anything that has more than six legs.
0: <laughs> Earwigs, bumblebees,
1: the Dudley More Trio, which is a good policy, I think. Yes. I don't. What's your policy on remove what's on insects in the house? Yeah.
0: Well, house spiders and moths, I'm pretty scared of. So my fiancee, she well with moths, she she bizarrely she'll cup a moth and she'll release out the window, no problem. But we're both equally scared with the spiders especially large spiders. Yeah. So and more than a few times we've just stared at the spider. We just sort of freeze and go, what are we going to do? <laughs> Have you ever done that? You just freeze and go, I can't leave the situation, but I don't want to approach it. You just assume it's going to jump at you.
1: I just um, imagine the two of you, like the two girls in The Shining, just staring at this spider.
0: It was just like that. We just stood there going, uh, we don't even want to get a, a glass cup and a, you know, a bit of cardboard to let it out because... I think we obviously do eventually. One of us just cracks and We need to just go to sleep now. Yeah. But But um, I can never kill any insects. It's not in me to do that. But what about you? You're not really bothered, just.
1: I don't like spiders at all. But uh, there's a there's a, a size threshold above which they have to go. Yes. Um, yeah, that's so
0: what I mean. I, I don't mean. mind little obviously, anything from money spider to tiddly little things sort of of average yeah. but the, with the ones that i've got these huge massive and rigid legs and they're just looking angry like
1: oh no yeah no they've got to go i usually uh, either myself or my husband will just grab them in a yeah. glass and take them out But oh. we live on a boat half the time as well we spend about half our time on a narrowboat and every time we go there having left it for a few days it's just been taken over by oh space. no so the first half an hour is just going around with a cup just evicting them yeah. And then getting rid of their webs. Yeah. So nightmare.
0: I, I think we we had a huge moth in our room a few weeks ago, and with the, the nightmare scenario was it just disappeared somewhere. I thought well, I just can't. It went behind my part of the bed, and we pulled the bed back. We just could not find the little bug. And eventually, we did, and yeah, my well, cancer came to the rescue, and I could sleep easy. But um. <laughs> yeah. I Victor's uh, got a lot more bravery than he I has, have. Yeah. He just goes but with daddy long legs, that's not a problem. That they just don't no, see they're you know, quite a right. lot they got big legs, but their their body mass is tiny, like it's a pinhole size. It's just Yeah, very nothing. flimsy things. It's exactly, very easy yeah. to
1: break one, isn't it? Yes, uh, yeah. But he, he evicts it and it makes its way into a Lucas can and another <laughs> reference to litter. More
0: litter, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Got a bit of a history with insects, hasn't he? Mr. Paslow's bees. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a bit in the one thing in the Algarve that always really cracks me up when um, Jean is about to kiss Alfonso in the garden outside their villa, <laughs> like and behind it. them, a, a fly just goes past Victor, and he sort of ducks out of yeah. the way. It always nails me that bit.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, I've forgotten all about that. I'm so looking forward to reviewing that again. Yeah, yeah. it's all about the animals in this uh, mm. in this comedy, isn't it? Well, on the back of, he um, seems to get a bit of an immediate. Um, Negative karma. Even though he didn't kill the uh, insect, he obviously callously just chucked out the window. Minus he's got a,
1: one of its legs. Yeah.
0: Minus one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's always a, uh, a gamble, especially with moths. You accidentally sort of part of their wing comes off. I feel I do feel bad. But his, <gasps> his his stomach is a bit uneasy. Yeah. To find he's got bottom,
1: a bit of uh, Pepto Bismol.
0: Bit of joll- that like pink stuff, in it? We all had as kids, and it looks quite nice. I don't think it tastes particularly pleasant.
1: It's kind of aniseedy, horrible, yeah, yeah. powdery stuff. Yeah,
0: he yeah. says he so doesn't know whether to drink the stuff or clean the windows with it because it's true; it just doesn't look like something you should drink. Fact, it pink. does look
1: like I don't know if you use window <laughs> yeah, in your house, used... but it does.
0: Yeah, yeah. He reads the caution label. This medication can lead to darkening of the stool, and he sat on the stool as well, which is quite a clever little gag.
1: So he no. looks up at the school and says, school, stool. stool, and says, I certainly hope not. But He did that in, uh, oh, which one was it? The Valley of Fear, where he um, got a load of medication back after he'd been mugged. Yes. And he was like reading through all the leaflets saying, <laughs> what's in this one? Nasal spray containing mustard gas.
0: Oh, yeah, he needs to clean the Venetian blinds. He's been putting off the job for many months now and walks away and says, that's a... So, something we we've can, all we, done it we've all done it think like, uh well yeah i haven't done it for it. i i'll do it another time when you're at your most bored ironically make you feel lazy it's avoid.
1: a really horrible combination of being bored and lazy at the same it's, it's, time it's, if you're it's really hard. Really, you just a, can't a, be asked to do anything it's
0: a really um horrid feeling actually it's kind of yeah it makes me feel low if, if i find this is a very Boring for the listener now, but the, the the one time of the day I don't mind doing housework is the last thing at night because I I just want to wake oh. up the next day and it's nice and tidy. I don't That's do it all the time. I know time I'm weird.
1: Not, wow.
0: I just have to get the kitchen tidy, do the laundry. It's weird, but in the daytime, like right, I I work from home a lot, and I could probably find time to do some housework. And I just I can't bother. You know, I've got work to do, but I can't always bother to, to do the work. So it's I can. Uh, <laughs> empathise with victor's point of view there but
1: i uh, love days like this like you've got the house to yourself it's it's raining outside you can just potter i quite like days like
0: this i used to have days like that but with a little one I, you don't I and mean, it's not a complaint I, I absolutely adore being a father but I, you kind of don't get those days back unless they're babysat yeah we had an, our anniversary the uh the event the other night and our little one oh. stayed Uh, Grant, thank you. All night, first time, and it was a bizarre thing, and it was lovely knowing that we could have a lion. But of course, my body clock said you're getting up. It's half six, seven (laughs) o'clock. No, I mean I do understand. Like it's nice to just have a day to Potter and to watch Mm. a series or something or a film. That's glorious. But when you can't even bother to watch something, let alone clean (laughs) finishes, have you had those? Like with with the amount of content you can watch now, you can get overwhelmed. I just do not know, and I'll, I'll always end up watching something I've seen
1: before. Yeah. Sitcom. Likewise. Yeah. It takes commitment to watch something new, so I just usually stick something on that I already know. That's
0: right. Yeah. There's so much. There's so many drama series that, especially yeah. American series, that is on my to watch list, and they've been on my to watch list since I met before I met my fiance. Oh yeah. wow! Oh, more than nine years ago.
2: That's no, the backlog.
0: classic Sopranos. That is a well known classic. I've never watched the Sopranos. I've got it ready to watch. The never Wire. I've
1: Never seen that either. Nah,
0: the birth of the great sort of American series tv series sort of when they came out when those two series came out sort of the end of the 90s early 2000s that's when it started to kick off with um, you know sort of revolutionized uh tv writing i think in america so um anyway god i'm going off on one now this is this, this is <laughs> the episode for it that we're probably going to go off topic a little bit where are we up to so he we usually wanna...
1: do don't we so yeah that's he's just true. he's finished finished the venetian blind f- well, finished thinking about cleaning thinking, the yeah, the, thinking. The and then he i think he goes back into the living room and Comments on his boredom a little bit more, and then I think talks about his jaw. Getting yeah, he's got uh, a stiff
0: jaw. um Again,
1: jaw tetanus reference pro- probably from the back yes. of the card again.
0: Yeah, and I think he, he has a probably
1: be dead by half past five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Mac- man contracts horrific muscular disorder to avoid watching neighbours. What? Why uh, did I write yes. that? down? Yeah, I, that's he, just my he says
1: that to himself, doesn't he? As his uh, oh, he,
0: he so he so. He, the soap opera neighbours that used to be on twice a day here and
1: still is isn't it
0: is it still something to do with avoiding watching neighbours
1: yeah i think he maybe sees that as the absolute last resort and he's not quite prepared to do that yet yeah yeah that's basically
0: what i was trying to get i think yeah. this is why i have you on you can articulate what i was <laughs> trying to say but i couldn't get it out
1: so, so then he... i think then he walks out into the hallway and then we, we get this is probably one of my favourite scenes my favourite <laughs> things to happen to Victor in the entirety of One Foot in the Grave. And all we hear is
2: What in the name of Bloody Hell? <laughs> I do not believe in the name of sanity. I do
0: Yeah, you get like a hat trick of catchphrases. You get what are the name of Bloody Hell I do not believe and he interrupts himself with in the name of sanity.
1: Uh, this and- is about the absolute limit of all bloody time or something like that.
0: It's just a trope in TV where you're gonna hear their reaction before you see what we're about to see, and it is an iconic moment because what we see. Well, so what do we see from Victor's point of view? Well, he gets on the phone first, doesn't he?
1: He races to the phone and, <clears throat> and furiously a dials a number. Yeah, hmm. uh, and he says, "I'd like to speak to the manager, please, and be quick about it." Yeah. And then no, he doesn't, but he bloody will shortly.
0: What does What does that mean? What? Think, maybe it's that? a
1: reference to, do, does, it, is he, does he know you're calling? Is he expecting your call or something like that? Like,
0: no, uh, he doesn't, but he will be shortly. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, no, he doesn't
1: know I'm ringing, but he bloody will shortly. He'll know yeah. about it in a minute, maybe. So
0: he's through he to a P.T. Sturgeon.
1: It's a P.T. Sturgeon, a very uh, Renwick name, isn't it?
0: <laughs> and um, I think he manages, he must be the manager or the owner, of a garden centre of sorts. Yeah. Um, and it, it's about a large yakka plant that uh, yep. was delivered that morning. He didn't we catch learned them, that me. he
1: was out in the garden mm. when it was delivered. And he said, yeah, he said I didn't catch the guy's name. It might have been Frank Spencer. But he
0: said he couldn't get out in the garden because of the weather, unless it was, let's assume it wasn't raining when um, he
1: was out. Yeah, maybe he started, yeah. the day started well. Yeah. Um, so, so I asked him for the time being if he'd put it in the downstairs toilet for me. And you know what he's done?
2: Well, I'll tell you exactly what the problem is, Mr. Sturgeon. I was out the back working in the garden when he arrived, so I asked him if for the time being he'd put it in the downstairs toilet for me. And you know what he's done? He's only planted it in the...
1: He's only And on, on the word planted, we see the, the camera pans in front of the door. He's only planted it in the lavatory.
0: I bet, Vic, I bet when Renwick thought of this idea, he just thought, like, he must have parted his hands together, rubbed them, and gone, right, this is dynamite. Like, this is so Victor. Only this could There's not one... I don't know whoever the delivery driver was. It's, you can speculate whether they did it on purpose, because he's, Victor Meldry is well-known in the community, or... It could be that this person was a simpleton or just, lit, you know, he follows, he's very literal with instruction. and he, I think he, it was
1: probably an innocent mistake. It's just, you know.
0: <clears throat> I don't know. I just think any sane person. I, I don't know. For, for the sake of a comedy, it's perfect. but just. What we to, don't
1: know, of course, is how horrible Victor had been to the guy when he turned up. And true. he could have just been such a grumpy asshole that he just True. said, right, you want it in the lavatory, you're getting it in the lavatory.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he
1: did a really good job of planting it, I thought. I mean, there's, it's no, perfectly there's neat. no soil around the rim. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: no, not, a, not a speck on the pedestal, Matt. I thought that was yeah. a really professional job, given given what happened.
0: He says he'd have to cock his leg like, like a Yorkshire terrier if he needs the toilet, which I thought was a yeah. brilliant line. It's gonna she? block a
1: U-bend, isn't it? It's probably well, you know, you, you're supposed to have a hole in the bottom of the plant pot. This thing's got a U-bend. True, It'll yeah. probably do quite well in there.
0: He's only just the plant situation though i mean it's he it might have been there only an hour before but i think when the delivery driver goes you th- might just take a peek you yeah go, just obviously he just it.
1: hasn't been out in the hall since
0: yeah which is feasible you know a genius Something mix-up that always guy.
1: Um, strikes me it's this isn't really a complaint because it's no. it's a it's a sitcom but um <laughs> you know the there's a window in the bathroom the downstairs toilet has a window in it i don't know if you've ever Google Street viewed you way onto Riverbank.
0: And you can't, there's there no window there.
1: The house. There's no window there. So they must have, for those three houses where it was filmed, they must have stuck a fake window on the outside when they're doing Probably. outdoor shots. Yeah, they must do. It's quite nice.
0: Yeah, they absolutely um, must do. But this, like, this gag, it, it feels like a Tim Vine joke. You imagine Tim Vine saying, I asked the delivery guy to put the plant in the downstairs toilet, and he would, he would describe that the actual plant is in the toilet. It just feels like, it's just a, a visual pun almost, isn't it? Yeah, but like I said, may have been done on purpose due to Victor's reputation. Yeah. I say reputation, just one for speaking out. I don't know. Is it the same gardening center? Where was he? I think the end of series six when he takes oh with the snake.
1: Oh, the return of the Speckled Band. Yes. Do you think Where's is that it took,
0: garden center? Uh, Do you think know, could they've well always... be the
1: same one? Maybe he's got a reputation
0: there. I mean, did they did they establish that the snake ended up in his house and they've they've always wanted to get their own back? I don't know. The snake did suffocate, no and, and it, it it met its maker on the on holiday, didn't it? As we found out in uh, Luton Airport.
1: Yeah, Not I mean, I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't
0: know. One could read into how that,
1: that happened. I guess. I mean, it well, it didn't go in the hole, did it? Because it was in the hand luggage. Yeah, yeah. So it must have. I don't know.
0: I need to watch the DVD commentary really, because it's one thing I've never done. There's lots of. Um, lots of insight from renwick so i uh, probably should I you think might there's be.
1: only three or four episodes that have commentary though. there's only a few okay yeah. there's well, Hats the of darkness um the man in the man who blew away yeah uh, the beast in the cage and the executioner's song i think that's it okay did you just, hear I, that I'd, I'd listen to them all if i could
0: did you hear renwick's writing a one a one the grave novel uh, from
1: you yeah on twitter i didn't know that before i heard that from you
0: and i i found out through one of the, i think it's um another chap ben on facebook who posted that i thought blimey and a uh one from the grave stage adaptation, which will oh, be basically yeah. futility of the fly won't it if it's only yeah. if, they're, if they're gonna basically recreate it but that's only planned i mean god knows when that will be written and cast mm-hmm. and ready to go but um certainly wouldn't be happening now but i um, no. God, I, I would hope it's not just a one off because it's the sort of thing where most of us will miss out on. Because if it's just a one off, you know, it's going to be a couple of thousand seats and that's it. There's but, been um, a few
1: sitcoms that have ended up as stage shows, and I've never been to see one. Um, I would like to, but um, well, I saw um, the. I've uh, before... been a little bit worried about how the characters will, how the actors will portray, because yeah. obviously it's not going to be Richard. Will- well, it might be, I guess. Well,
0: Richard it could Wilson. be. I mean, he's a few years ago before his heart attack, he was going to do the trial, wasn't he, on stage at the Edinburgh. Yeah, at the end was, of the festival yeah. just as a uh, like a one off and that's I remember thinking god that'd be amazing to watch but of course he fortunately he became ill. In that interview that I, I posted he Richard Wilson has apparently said he's reconsidering reprising Victor. But he's eighty what, eighty five now? Eighty six. So yeah, um yeah. I don't know. I mean if he's fitting well why not? But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean
1: look at Patricia Outledge. I mean she's in her nineties and she's still acting on stage so
0: yeah, she, she, she's still out of the mountain. That's amazing. That's really amazing. So that the first main gag of the episode is passed, and we're almost into a secondary uh, gag. And they're all, like I said, visual gags, aren't they? They're not always one-liners. He's got the old uh, cryptic crossword out. Is that where we're at now? Yep
1: that's 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 the uh probably the next thing up from neighbors doing the cryptic crossword um, and uh
0: he's, he's he's sprawled out on the main sofa this time he doesn't often do this so he has i think um i'm just trying to think of the episode i've already we passed the one, where, one
1: where gene thinks he's, he's killed he's himself.
0: Committed suicide yeah yeah but um but generally doesn't that's not usually but he's you know he's at home bored and he's got a borrowed pen in his hand and this is just brilliant a lot of us stick a pen in our mouth chew on it nibble on it i don't know what the psychology of this is but we just do this don't we? he's got the pen and he's he's reading out the clues and he's he's just trying to and it's obviously a really he can't work he i never i never get involved of a it's not like
1: Often I can't. I've, I would love to be able to do cryptic crosswords, and I've tried, and I've even looked at tutorials online about how to solve a cryptic crossword clue. And the examples are always really straightforward, and then you look at a real cryptic crossword, and it's like I have no idea how to do this, <laughs> even though I've been apparently trained by this tutorial to do so. Yeah, uh, but I, mean, I do wonder if these are real cryptic crossword clues that he's reading. Actually, yeah, I would be surprised if, if they're made up. Words, yeah. yeah, mad poet mugged by banjo player sees red when eating pickles.
0: <laughs> Has anyone got the any answers to that? I mean, I I didn't even think to work it out, but he's he's we're just focusing on him dueling all over his face, and and the beauty of this is obviously he looks silly, and he he's not going to know about it for a while because. Yeah, it's, he's walking around with an inky ink is, forehead. For... It's instantly dried, isn't it, really? So you're yeah. not, it's not going to be driven down your face. But um... but
1: as he, as he gets more and more into, you know, he's skipping over the questions. He reads them out and then things no, and then moves on to the yeah. next one. And each time he's rubbing his face with a pen <laughs> and getting gradually more and more coated with ink.
0: We'll come to the point where he, he realises in the mirror that he's got pen on his face. But did he get paranoid that he swallowed ink? Because I thought he'd read, look up his um, his medicine manual ink poisoning. I'm surprised he doesn't mention that, or he might do, I don't know, but uh, I just love how he slams down the crossword uh, magazine, and what's he say? He says, um, I think I don't if he, seem if he,
1: to be able to do the crossword today, I appear to be temporarily out of mind-bending, mind-bending drugs.
0: drugs yeah. Which you just feel like, you, they're, they're so hard, aren't they? Like He's a bit, a bit paranoid about his jaw again, He's um, as he sits up, He. It, I think it prompts him to look up when his hospital appointment is, so he's got a hospital appointment coming up.
1: Tuesday at 10, which we, we, we learn later on in the episode, that it's with a skin specialist.
0: Yeah. and um, He's got that.
1: He mentions that this consultant <laughs> looks like Yasser Arafat. Yes, and then he, he says, oh, not her fault, I suppose, which is a gag that he that Renwick kind of repeated in only a story when you remember when uh, they were talking oh, about yes. um, Oh, it I was the short that. fat one with a ginger moustache. And then it. he goes, how could well, it have been her?
0: Well, her? <laughs> he's dreading the idea that these consultants will be prodding and probing him. Um, yeah, like one of which, like you said, looks like, yes, I Telephone rings. Victor, again, looks on in dread and hopes it's not... Well, I think he wishes it... Well, he hopes it's not Mrs. Walboys to tell her, tell him about her holiday in Cork, I think. She's been to
1: Cork. A blow-by-blow account of every minute of every day. Please, anything but that.
0: Because we, we see Mrs. Walboys. I think she's got a habit of... I think she probably has quite a, I think she's She's kind of a lady of leisure. She she does go on these trips. I think in Starbound with Ray Winston, she talks and talks about her time in. Did she go oh, to she never or California? Stops,
1: does she? she went to she went to L.A. and she just witted on about it the entire episode. Has yeah. she ever had a job? I don't think it's ever mentioned that she worked.
0: I just don't know. She
1: just sort of live, she a housewife. But I mean, but she the ha- got...
0: the size of the house she lived in with.
1: It's a nice house. It's much nicer than, um, Victor and Margaret's house. It's and
0: huge, but Windgate, it can't be yeah. Wingate. Avenue Wingate Drive, can it? Because those houses are similar. though They're constructed at the same kind of size, aren't they? But that. Well, we learn thinking. her
1: address, don't we? In, in um in Luton Airport, now we can hear you scream because the oh. postcard gets sent to the wrong place. Oh, yeah. and it, She lives at thirty-seven Wingate Drive.
0: So that must be well, must be. Not all houses have to look the same. If it happens to be in a in an area where there's a a build-up of of houses for, for one, but. You just feel I like know,
1: um, Wingate Crescent is mentioned as well, so maybe Victor and Margaret lived in Wingate Crescent and War Boys lived in Wingate Drive. I don't perhaps, know. Perhaps yeah, perhaps. But it is a nice house that she's got.
0: Yeah, I just i just trying to remember the episode I've just I've reviewed it. I think it was tri- Beware the Tricks on the Roof or
1: The war, um it'll be is... the worst horror of all where we quite a lot of time in her yeah. house.
0: It's it, it reminded uh, me I've said in will. that it reminded me of Birds of a Feather because in the mm. early series, she has got a large house that. Uh, did you ever watch yeah. Birds of a Feather?
1: I love Birds of a Feather. Mm. It's one of my favourite sitcoms.
0: I think Daryl was it. Daryl, he was a, a builder or a conserv- He, he built a conservatories his conservatories and yeah, pools so it, was, and stuff, it was a yeah. massive yeah. order. And it just reminded North. me of that. It was, um, but Not then the
1: hallway, yeah, the, the the hallway in her house was, was massive.
0: But then in so again, I can't remember the episode where her cottage. Well, it looks like a cottage at this point, but she has flooding. Only a story. We only see, really, a clip of her, her bedroom, but it looks small. But well, it that's, could just um, be small... I think,
1: that's, is that after... Her husband. Her husband's left she... her, so she ended so, up in a basement flat.
0: So we're led to believe he's got the money. And he's got the house. He yeah. hasn't, yeah. So Yeah, you're right. I, I can't, I don't, I mean, if you could speculate what Mrs. Walboys did for a career, what, what would you guess?
1: I can't think of any type of employer that would put up with her. It would have to be something that wasn't people-centred. I just maybe that's been really cruel. I don't know. Maybe she just never had a job. Maybe she got a settlement from her husband and bought herself a basement flat with it. And
0: Perhaps yeah. Maybe. now she just
1: lives on a pension.
0: I reckon she worked in a museum of sorts. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Look at this. Going off topic again because we have to. Is this is the sort of episode where we are? Like I said, maybe she was.
1: Off. Maybe she was something really incongruous, like a car mechanic or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> that would be bizarre. I cannot. Airline practice. pilot. I. I just. Yeah. Carpenter? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, so Mrs. Warboys is phoning to uh, obviously give a blow-by-blow blow account. And Victor's actually polite in the sense that he doesn't... I think he, I think she is called to sort of ask, how are you getting on with jury duty? And he wants... He needs to hang... Does he say he needs to hang up so they can call back?
1: He says, well, she starts whittering on about cork and then she says, oh, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of jury service, mm. but apparently that doesn't persuade her to... Say, oh, okay. Well, I'll call back later. Then maybe when yeah. Margaret's in, um, yeah. So he's like, oh, how interesting. And then he just puts her under a cushion,
0: which is brilliant, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's quite brave to do that because uh, although Mrs. Warboys is a, is a talker, at one at any point she could ask him a question, but he, yeah, yeah comically just hides. Considering he's bored, I mean, he won't watch. He, he's not bored enough to to watch neighbours or to clean the Venetian blinds or to do a crossword or speak to Mrs. Warboys. Say, so, yeah, um, it's not that bad for him i mean he's yeah. he's not only put the phone under the cushion i think hes he think he goes to does he go upstairs first or does he go to write a letter
1: at this point he sees that he's covered in ink
0: that's the point he yeah that's the point the, uh,
1: he goes to the bathroom then
0: yeah okay so he's find,
1: uh, and then we find his we, we he embarks on his search for his flannel
0: that's right before we before he goes upstairs though i when he spotted that he's got a face full of ink, I always thought the reaction wasn't enough like. Unless he didn't want Mrs. Warboys to hear him go, Oh
1: bloody hell.
0: He kind of lets it go quite quickly. Just oh it's just it's one quite, of those it things.
1: is a mild reaction. He goes, Oh bloody hell. Bloody that's hell. it, isn't it?
0: For Victor, that's a, a mild yeah. uh, response, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah so, um she it wasn't immediately on the phone to the to the pen manufacturer saying he'd like to speak to the manager and be quick about this, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he uh, handled it quite well, I thought. This I thought time. he did.
0: So he he does go, like you said, to the bathroom to find a flannel. Uh, interesting angle of the bathroom, I thought. We don't always have that particular angle. I think the the film could have a lot more flexibility, probably, with the fact that it's just Richard Wilson starring in this one. Scene. So they could probably put cameras in different places of the set that they're not usually able to. I don't feel like we often see this angle for some reason, anyway.
1: We saw it in The Man in the One Black Coat, where he was um, cleaning his teeth with Margaret, and then he, mm. was, he found out that he was a, a an accident. Yes. Um, yeah. So we saw that same so They've done it before. Was, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, one of life's mysteries where, and I think I'm Margaret in this sense, where I put something away because I think I'm tidying and then it can't be found again. It has, it the has happened the other way. Are you the same?
1: I'm the same, yeah.
0: Um, you know, clothes on the floor, I'll put them away. I'll put them in to wash and my chances say, well, where's my top? Well, it was on the bathroom floor for the last day, you know. I put it in the laundry, but then I can't find it again.
1: Well, I usually just put stuff away. I don't really know what I'm putting away. <laughs> until uh, my husband will just say, oh, wh- where's this thing? Have you seen it? I'm like, well, I've seen it, and I've put it somewhere, but I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. And then we both end up looking for it and making more mess <laughs> trying to find it. So it's...
0: Yeah, I don't know why I we do just it. just let this...
1: the filth build up, really.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Victor returns downstairs, and I think you think, oh, I better, click, I better uh, pick up the phone to give sort of further verbal acknowledgements and hide it again under the, under the pillow. Poor old Mrs. Albury's, um he, he then, again, dis- distract, he's distracted so easily. He notices that the top of the radiator is cold again. So he attempts to, to bleed it or at least try. And therefore he gets out his DIY manual. Yeah, he gets
1: squirted. Uh, he, does, he does get a radiator key into it and gets squirted by some water. Yes. The cold water. So he immediately goes and gets his medical dictionary.
0: By mistake. See under yeah. chronic cystitis. So he got the wrong yes. bloody book.
1: I don't, I don't know if you've ever had radiator cysts. I certainly haven't.
0: He does return to the phone, continues to be very polite to Mrs. Wallboy. It's probably the most polite I've ever known him to be. It's bit, I mean, he's a tad disrespectful by not listening, but she didn't know that, does she? She's just wittering on, clearly.
1: Yeah. But
0: he does yeah. wrap up um, the chat and he ends the call. And he does want to do something constructive now. Well, Blimey wants to write a letter uh, to his brother, Alfred, which did Yeah, they must did assume... speaking terms again. Well, you know, I, I, mean, I don't I feel like a fool. when I, I'm reviewing these episodes chronologically, obviously, and many of these episodes I haven't seen for a long time, and I would thought, that was it. We're not going to hear from Alfred again. And he's got a mention. So they've obviously... He's obviously he's, I'd imagine he's, he, he wrote to Ralph as soon as he realised he'd flown back to is it New Zealand. New Zealand?
1: yeah
0: probably apologized and said you know they made up but they're never probably going to meet again but it's nice that he's uh, keeping in touch but he can't think what to write can he he's got yeah he, he references some photographs that alf sent over of them as kids in, you know without any clothes oh, on. yeah yeah on. He's, he's, he starts
1: <laughs> writing the letter. thank you very much for your last letter on the nude photographs
0: yeah um, um.
1: But, we learned that those photographs are, in fact, of him and that he was six months old when they were taken. Yeah. And then he runs off to get some Golden Wonder crisps. Oh,
0: I can't see those very long. Well, I, don't think uh, they're any, I don't think they're made anymore, are they? You probably...
1: I don't think I've seen them. Maybe you can get them in, like, multi-packs in the pound shop or something. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Out of date, Golden Wonders. Yeah. Awesome, smart-ass will be selling them on eBay for £12. But, no, you can't get Golden Wonders. They do, they do look delicious. I don't even know
1: if they're still a thing, Golden Wonder. I don't Who make made Golden anymore? Wonder? I was thought it, that was. was it, the, were
0: they the name brand or were they like. I un, think so. Were they like a sister company to Balkers or something? I don't know. I,
2: th- I don't know. I don't know. God.
0: Um, but yeah, he, he does take a couple of attempts to write an opening line
2: Dear Alfred, sorry I haven't written sooner, but it is all go at this end. <laughs> think of anything else to write now. <laughs> Perhaps I'll write to him when I've got more time. <laughs> I think he says he's all, he's all, yeah, he it's been all go at this
0: end, is not it? It's been all go. Yeah, he
1: says, sorry, I haven't written sooner, but it's all go at this end. And then he says, oh, I can't think of anything else right? to write now. Yeah. Perhaps I'll come back to this when I've got more time. Yeah, that's it. Bloody hell, but Victor.
0: The photographs he's mentioned um, will 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 matter later on but out of nowhere he he notices a woodlouse and he cruelly stamps on it i think a bit of a exaggerated response a bit harsh it's just a woodlouse i didn't agree with that victor no um, i should
1: just put it outside really just put it
0: outside it's just a woodlouse and he does that thing where we do when we're all bored is he just gets hungry i mean mm-hmm. it happens to a lot of us sort of not like comfort eating but we're bored let's cook and he the size egg and chip sounds good and i watched this back thinking, yeah i, I
1: actually with, I with okay fruity sauce as well which is something oh, else you don't see anymore
0: i, I didn't really recognize that branding I, not I, I must have yeah. i might have used okay fruity sauce but um you're you're a vegan aren't you yes so egg, eggs is off the menu for you right now yes yes so you would have felt hungry for eggs and chips like i did when i watched this not evening.
1: for a long time now i've been no. vegan for a very long time
0: yeah my yeah. fiance's vegan as well. So I think Victor sort of reveals that he's been eating crap lately. Yeah, he um, said he, he had that yesterday. He had egg and chips yeah. yesterday, he and the it. day
1: before, in fact. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and a huge bar of dairy milk chocolate, which made him yep. sick. Vowed that he wouldn't do it again. Then, of course, he goes to the fridge, and or does he goes to the fridge, and he gets out
2: a massive
1: bar, bar of dairy milk. Yeah, it's like a coffee table, and he just brings it over and
0: absolutely batters massive. it with
1: a rolling pin yeah I think he's a bit of a chocoholic Victor you yeah that? I
0: mean I'd love my dairy milk I mean the number of the times the
1: fondue in the man in the long black coat when he's dipping the milk tray in his tea
0: oh yeah that's right I mean what I what I used to... well once in a blue moon I do but I used to get a, a chunk of dairy milk whack it in a bowl microwave for a minute and it's slightly melted my, all my friends have found it disgusting but it's amazing don't mock it till you try it it's, it's so much nicer than just standard crunch of a cold block of chocolate but it just adds to it i think amazing he
1: kept it in the fridge in the first place though i mean it's just going to be like a sheet of marble after that i mean yeah
0: yeah i don't think i tend to keep chocolate in fridges cupboard obviously he does try to think something healthy to have but then he opts for the chips again so um yeah he does
1: which he doesn't end up making anyway he doesn't do that
0: he's anyway just... no he just goes back to the chocolate, but this episode does pick up every bit of daily detail when when we're bored
1: yeah everything's a big deal when you're this bored
0: yeah yeah collects some correspondence from the front door and he re- he's re- he reads out fact from like a pamphlet like a some sort of religious read like a reading
2: The Lord is thy judge he is all-seeing and all-knowing he knoweth when thou sinneth and when lust and licentiousness burn in thy breast. <laughs> and he knows you called us a pair of persistent bastards last year. I told us to shut up and leave you in peace. May the Lord have mercy on your soul.
0: So he reads the whole poem, and then it ends with that line. So he, on the spot, yeah. he can make. Or did he? No, he doesn't make that up. That's what they've sent to him. So it's obviously,
1: it's just some is, church leaflet that he reads the first bit of it, which is apparently intended for everybody, like the Lord knows when thou sinneth and all this yeah, other yeah. rubbish. And then at the end he said, Andy knows you call us a pair of persistent bastards last week. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. So they've yeah. written that last bit on themselves.
0: Yeah, he, he heads upstairs and we got another peculiar angle where he stood on the landing. Yeah and he starts ref-
1: gla- he he glances at the yucca as he goes up the stairs as well, yeah. which I love <laughs> slightly he shakes still, his head.
0: Yeah, he probably in the moment had forgotten about it and he thought, Oh God, I've got to deal with that. But he does start to reflect that um, if he was religious, he wouldn't have probably harmed the woodlouse. And he starts to reflect that, you know, he callously murdered the, you know, this woodlouse. And why did he treat the daddy long legs differently? And, you know, he just collected that in a nice fluffy duster. But he just starts to break down the whole discrimination topic and why do we treat things differently, or people, or insects, or whatever. It gets a little bit deep. Yeah. He's at the height, of his, the height of his boredom now.
1: You don't get that kind of analysis in many sitcoms, do you? No, he don't. Uh, waiting Talk for about, God, possibly, but yeah, not many.
0: Talk about a class of society, he says. And then he
1: goes on about an election result. Yeah,
0: it's, on about. yeah, I think he uses an, the analogy of a, hiring a, a man eating a shark as your child's swimming instructor. So I yeah. know it bit my son's head, but I think it deserves another chance. So basically, a John Major jibe, I think. I think John Major would have been... I think this is ninety three. This episode still in ninety three, aren't we? Yeah,
1: so it's seventh of March.
0: Seventh of March, ninety three aired. So I don't think there was a was there a general election that year. I don't know. Maybe the year before when he when Raymond was writing it. Mm. It's every five years, isn't it? Blair was ninety seven. This is written in ninety two for aired ninety three. So it's probably it's almost certainly think john smith i, I didn't i not i say think john smith was labour leader i had to look it up john smith was labour leader at the time so yeah. i don't know if um renwick is of that allegiance i don't know i tried to leave politics out of these um podcasts but obviously they they need to be t- spoken of if victor or anyone else is mentioning it but um he really is anti-tory though that's what we know about renwick from uh the little he has
1: yep definitely
0: victor realises he didn't go, go upstairs for any reason in the first place. We, yeah. We've all done that, haven't we? Why, why am I up here? What, what do I need to do?
1: Just, it happens increasingly with age as well, I think.
0: Mm. What better thing to do than go back into the kitchen and take another block of chocolate? So, Which he
1: then puts back in yeah, to credit be fair. to him. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, is a huge bar,
0: it's like a kilogram of chocolate. But he decides to have beans on toast with sunflower margarine. margarine.
1: He emphasises the sunflower as well, as if it's a novelty yeah with sunflower margarine yes yeah, as if he's in an advert
0: hmm not a fan of beans myself but it did sound good i don't know it's a strange thing very um easily influenced by anything food on the telly oh that sounds good as he opens up the beans in his world he's talking to himself out loud i just find that a funny concept if you're on your own i, I, I almost i say i think i have i do probably talk to myself out loud if i'm on my own and he's just doing it so openly and he's, as he's as he's um opening the can of beans he says he got stuck behind the same old weirdo in the supermarket with a boil behind his head and that he never seems to heal uh, first time he he saw it he thought he was he was wearing a relief nose backwards
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i mean it must be enormous if that's what he thought
0: i know it's, it must be uh yeah hideous and he comments on the baker in the supermarket wearing a tea towel and said as he didn't wear his normal hat. It seems like a pointless um, observation for Victor. But just well, mention he, a, a he comments
1: baker. here that he'd lost his toupee, so that's revealed yes. here. Mm. I don't know how Victor came about that information.
0: No, I um, don't know how he came, but to us, the, the audience, the viewer, we think, what's, what, where is he getting out of this? Does he start to inspect his belly, I see?
1: Yeah, he looks through an open button in his shirt and says, "Look at that! Just a big mound of crisps, chocolate, chocolate and chips." And
2: Chris, yeah. Oh no! Please, not that! Where did that come from? A new mole? <laughs> <laughs> That's something you never want to see. That must have come up overnight. That wasn't there before this. That then he spots
0: spot. a new a mole, doesn't he? Which yeah, really exactly. freaks oh, him out.
1: Oh, no, something you never want to see—a new mole.
0: No, no. And he, you know, good job he's going to the the skin specialist anyway. But isn't that for dermatologists? For skin specialists, there'd be dermatologists at like the same kind of specialist. I don't know. I I'm guess. Totally.
1: I mean, I assume a dermatologist would be able to tell a, a, a dangerous mole from a, a non-dangerous one. Yeah, yeah. D- You'll know, mention it to her next Tuesday, and then he pauses and says, "I might be dead by next Tuesday."
0: <laughs> <He's> <laughs> he just—he's he's just so irrational. He's so irrational.
1: Come
2: on.
0: He starts out irrational, and he thinks he'll be yeah, you'd be dead by the time the appointment comes around, and he thinks the karma's out for him now because of killing the woodlouse and didn't he reread the part of the pamphlet from the bible bashers that he's yeah as he was walking down the
1: stairs earlier he stuck it in his pocket and then he sort of unscrews it and said may the lord have mercy on your soul it's like (laughs) oh Victor come on the melodrama just stop it I know
2: still I've had a good life (laughs) I've had a bloody awful life
0: (laughs) this is brilliant this is Richard Wilson all over isn't it how he portrays Victor I've had a bloody awful life. As he shoots up from the sofa, like he's da- he's down and out and going, trying to look at the positive, well, not on the positive side, but try and be grateful for what he's had. And Has he had an awful life? Well, a tragic loss of a child is going to hit you forever. So probably agree with
1: him. He probably has had an
0: awful life, but has he made the best of what he's got? He was in a oh, career sorry, that he was... Not, yeah. Security guard probably was comfortable in, but then early retirement, probably up to that point, it was probably okay. He is just all over the place at this, at this point. This prompts him to go back to the letter to his brother. Yeah, he saying, thinks now he's I better gonna write a
1: final letter to
2: Alfred. It's yeah.
0: like, oh
1: god, oh,
2: you know,
0: just to get it over with. It's a bit, it feels a bit rash.
2: Dear Alfred, this is probably the last time I, I don't believe. Am I seeing things? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no! It's in the same place! It's the same place. Hold on, it might be a speck in the negative. <laughs> oh, no, it's definitely there! It's been there all the time! For 61 years! Absolutely incredible! I've had a mole in my stomach all my life and I've only seen it this day! Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> he
0: opens up his uh, sentence with, this is the, probably the last time I wrote to you. And um, he he gets distracted by the photo that he mentioned earlier that Alf sent him. And he gets a a magnifying glass, is not it? And he spots that he's had the mole on this belly all this time. 61 years, yeah. 61 years. So he is... And
1: he's, he's very happy with himself oh, now. he looks
0: up to the gods. He's, he's very relieving for him. But you can see that... Thanks to this photo, there's a, a good reason why these. This was mentioned by Remick. It's a photograph of a topless baby of Victor. It, it it rounds up nicely. He's always had the mole. Not to say that the mole. I don't know about moles, but even if you had one all your life, could it get, could it go on the turn? I don't know. But he's. Really, uh,
1: yeah. I think you're supposed to keep an eye on them in case they yeah. change shape yeah. or stack growing or oh. speaking or whatever i don't know yeah i wonder if renwick's this bad because renwick's admitted himself that he's a, a seasoned hypochondriac
0: oh i mean so i i, I if, just assume every more or less everything he writes um about victor is offloading his own thoughts and opinions it's got to be isn't it i mean
1: it must be nice to have that kind of outlet as well yes yeah,
0: it's amazing victor does tell himself he'll never be rude to jehovah's witnesses or anyone else ever again
1: yeah, he's like, he's in a suddenly good mood and he's got, you know, rabbits and bluebirds jumping around him and everything's happy. Um, and he goes to slicing his bread for his beans on toast and he suddenly pauses and, and, and turns disgusting. the bread on its end and says, What in the name of bloody hell?
2: <laughs> I do not believe it! What in
1: what the, the name, name of bloody, bloody hell? hell. I do not oh. believe... And as he's doing that, he pulls out his it's black it?
0: I think It's vile. It is vile. Well, I think the first time you see... I thought, years ago, I thought it looked like a rat or something inside. Before we pulled it out, it looked like some dead animal. How did that get in there? But he obviously... Just, he, he, they referenced the baker wearing a tea towel for a reason. So it's very clever. It comes full circle. Like it's a complete... And
1: he reads the label, doesn't he? J.L. Dinkins, Hair Pieces of Distinction. <laughs>
0: It's just absolutely <laughs> hideous, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's
1: like, dropping your wig in the bloody baking dough.
0: It's just so crazy. And he goes to know, call the uh, supermarket, presumably to speak to the, the manager. Yeah. And he can't help but. Uh, I think it's very out of character for him, but he tries the wig on, doesn't he?
1: Uh, why does he put it on? His why
0: head? would you put it on? Uh, in the mirror. I mean, we've got to remember he's this bored that like he's probably doing. He's just. His overall behavior and mood is irrational, anyway, isn't it? But but would... he's
1: standing there in the mirror wearing a baked wig.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'd even pull out the wig from the loaf of bread. I don't think I'd do that. I think I would know it's something furry, and it would. I wouldn't touch it.
1: Straight in a food bag, tied up.
0: Yeah, put it outside until you're able to go back to the supermarket. To... Yeah. Well, we can't when you're on jury duty. You have to oh, wait true. for it? Right? Yeah, me. But um, I think this wraps up the episode because he is ranting and raving.
2: Hello. Yes. I'd like to speak to the manager, please and quick about it. Mel Drew. No he doesn't, but he bloody well will short it. And
1: it, same line as well same as he line at the
0: end. No he doesn't, but he bloody well shortly. Like,
1: yeah, exactly. And then we start to fade out the same yeah, as it faded in. It's
0: then. it's a nice it, it mirrors the beginning. So yeah, the camera pans away from the living room. to so the yep. rainy weather um in Riverbank. And then we do actually have the closing credits. I I love the
1: very, very last thing you hear before the, as as we're moving away and and Victor's voice is getting quieter and quieter as we move away. The last thing you hear is, only somebody's bloody (laughs) toupee. And then the credits come in.
0: And that's it. I mean, it's, uh, that's the end of the episode. And it doesn't uh, half go by quickly. 7th of March, 93, that was aired. I was, I was, for some reason when I was reviewing this, I thought I'll do an On This Day Episode, like i want to for each episode of and i've been four series in i was gonna i want to put when this when episodes are aired what happened on that day oh, so i looked cool. up um it's nothing fascinating for this but well on this day the 20th of february 93 jerry seinfeld won his seventh american comedy award that's all i could find nothing to i just thought i'd add that segment in but um but this apparently you probably know this i'm sure you do know this but Renwick had a lot of influence by watching Tony Hancock um, growing up, and I this didn't episode. Know that actually, yeah. Well, it's very reminiscent of the episode "The Bed Sitter" at the beginning. Obviously, I was saying, I wonder if there's any other sitcom out there that's had just a one-man show where they usually is more. I think this was, would be it. The Tony Hancock, uh, "The Bed Sitter." So, any Hancock fans out there will um, will recall that, I'm sure. Richard Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, you've got the Richard Webber book, haven't you? I always yes, it's, uh, it's, yeah. So Richard Wilson said the script was obviously beautifully beautifully written. a lot of one foot fans would have this in their top three, just gauging the people's opinions of this they're just absolutely and he I think he um he said he was given two weeks to learn his lines, which he classed as a great luxury. I assume more if there's just one actor for the whole episode, you got that much more time to learn your lines. I just find it funny when you go on i m d. b and you look at this episode, you usually see a whole list of actors. In the, uh, in the episode, it's just you know just his name, just just Richard Wilson, Victor Margin, that's it. it's just sort of hits you that place, just him for this whole episode. If uh, you hadn't
1: seen the episode, you could be forgiven for thinking that that was a mistake.
0: Yeah, um, you, could. you could. You go, well, it's a bit of a glitchy on this. Had um, Bill
1: Fielding, yeah, in yeah. Final episode of series two, where it's just the two of them, and then all the other isolated episodes have a, a bunch of, of supporting characters. Timeless time, of course. Yeah. So mean, where there has Mister Smedley, uh, Beast yeah. in the Cage has Gene. Rearranging yep. the Dust has a few yep. other people
0: on the way. Oh, I cannot wait to, to review Rearranging the Dust. But, I mean, despite, You've mentioned before that's one of, if, you're yeah, one of your favourites. It does it, yeah. stand out for me. Uh, it does stand out. Despite having more lines to learn uh, for this episode, I think the pressure was eased. There's plenty of cameras in the studio, if it, and just him. Did, he didn't have to be, I think, actors have to be in, stood on the specific line on set. And it didn't really matter if he, where he stood because there's a lot of cameras around him. So they could always you know, get the right shot, I suppose. I always um,
1: assumed it's was single camera. I didn't know it was multiple.
0: You know, apparently there's, there was multiple camera, from what I've read anyway. Um, okay. well, apparently it's the only occasion where they've had to actually stop recording, as the audience just wouldn't stop laughing at the biro pen scene. So apparently they they just could not. I think it's happened in, obviously, other sitcoms. I think *Falls and Horses in particular, with the, I think, in Yuppie Love, where that falls through the bar. But this this as well, this this episode as well, sorry. Um, I mm-hmm. think they might have even had to have recorded over two days, because of the amount of laughter, the the audience wouldn't basically shut up.
1: I mean, as they could see it. Oh. I, mean, I mean, it was it wasn't that bright, really. The 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 ink. I mean, it was it was quite subtle. It took because a then, long time, I think, for it to become apparent that that was what was happening, even from as close true. up as. True, I feel
0: like Actually, there's probably I've never seen a live screening of a sitcom. No, But me I think you're quite clear. I don't think there's there's only really less than a hundred people in the audience. I'm sure it's not like a huge theatre stage production type i I assume it is from what i've seen of backstage photos but i think you'd be relatively close you're only a few feet away from the film crew from i don't know like you said it'd be hard to spot that and plus there might be screen individual screens for people at the back to to see especially for separate scenes in other episodes when you go to when they've got this you know the set the recording set and then external shots
1: I'd never even considered that there might be an audience in this scene. It feels like the kind of thing you do on a closed set.
0: That's true, yeah. Su- Susan Belbin had said she'd, use, she'd never suggest storylines for, for David Raymond to write, but she had apparently pleaded with him to write a one-man show. Up until Series 4, she she'd all but pleaded with him to consider it, and I think he said he was always going to do that anyway. But Su- Susan Belbin classes it as her favourite. I don't know if I'd have it down as my favourite. I can I can recognise the, the professionalism from Richard Wilson. It's just on another planet isn't it it's exactly
1: the kind of thing i wish i could have written
0: oh it's brilliant it Um, is so good because because has got nothing to work with he's he's just got only one tiny it's a small plot he's he's inside because of jury duty and he's got to go he's got to go from there he's got to find little day-to-day niggles that we all think that annoy us day-to-day basically highlighted the episode for me it wouldn't be the the biro pens seems brilliant but Plant pot in the downstairs toilet. That's sublime, Just too, isn't it? just too surreal for words.
1: Do you, Do you have a least favourite episode? Do
0: I have a least? Hmm, um, it it'll either be it'll either be from series one or th- series six. Uh, do you? But whilst I try and think, do you have a least favourite?
1: I would probably agree that series series six has a very different feel about it. It's I so different, like. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and series one, of course, I I think their house that they're in. Subtracts from the atmosphere somewhat, I think. But I can't think of a particular. I love them all, mm. but I of course you're always going to have a least favorite. But I can't think of a particular one.
0: Oh, retired to Bedlam. There wasn't too much going on in that, where he's babysitting the crazy kids. I mean, yeah, that's to a good happen. candidate
1: for me as well. Uh, the horrible, screamy brat yeah. things that he locks in the garage.
0: Yeah, a favorite episode. One Foot in the Grave is sensational, yeah. but I've I've read a few people sort of not they're not too keen on this particular.
1: When I'm binging on One Foot in the Grave, it's usually the thing I'll watch last. One Foot in the Grave. Is it really? Yeah, I'll go through all of it and then do that one last.
0: Okay, it's it's sad to watch. Things aren't simple anymore.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. so
0: because you just know what's coming, and it's a truly shocking. Open. It's very clever but when that aired i remember going oh so how's this going to pan out we know he's you know the, the papers have already reported that he's being killed off but ha- how what angle will they come from and they they open up with margaret's on the telephone to a solicitor isn't she or a lawyer you know and acknowledging he's dead so bloody hell and it's obviously a flashback which is quite clever yeah favorite episode i think it might be wisdom of the witch or i guess for now i'm gonna say rearrange the dust
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I'd you... have to agree on uh, w- the wisdom of the witch. I think that's probably my favourite episode. Oh, so of I them think all. En-
0: Endgame. Endgame is fantastic. Endgame
1: too. I love Endgame oh. almost as much.
0: Endgame is this um, spooky old episode, and it's
1: yeah,
0: oh, just phenomenal. Absolutely. It's one phenomenal. of only three
1: where they where they use music that isn't um, Ed Welsh as well, of course. Oh, if, really? Uh, okay. When yeah. Margaret's in hospital, they use JJ Kale. "Ain't No Woman oh, Gonna Make a Fool Out of Me." Look at that knowledge. I'm loving that. It's, um, which is a song I love, and then, of course, in the final episode, they have the Travelling Wilburys. in the, Oh, yes,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, and George Harrison as well. Yeah.
1: And um, you can't beat Max Bygraves in Hearts of Darkness, which... That's beautiful. He only has to mention, like, the, if, if, if all you say is um, the words Max Bygraves, that song will be in my head all day.
0: <laughs> See, what? You? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> um, Victor's portrayal, well, Victor's portrayed what retirement must be like for some, quite dark in many ways. I thought that was quite a a message that was trying to be pushed sent out there by Renwick. Um, And it wasn't really a dark episode as such, apart from the weather being literally dark, and there was nothing sinister about... I mean, Victor was worried about dying, but it wasn't anything... I think it's just the fact
1: that we... It's the only time we get a full half an hour of what's going on in Victor's head. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I just think Margaret lives with that day in, day out, so you can probably see why she gets frustrated with his irrational thoughts and knee-jerk reactions to, to things. Um,
1: and this is why he embarks on all these bizarre hobbies that she disapproves of, is he's just, he'll fill the day with anything in order to not have to think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I read um, Renwick had considered writing an episode entirely without the Meldrews, without anyone. but oh, only, wow, okay. But he, w- he was going to set it next door in Patrick and Pippa's home, but only hearing the voices of Victor and Margaret from their perspective. Oh, that would be fantastic. So you would have Patrick and Pippa, obviously, but they'd just be listening. They'd probably be pottering like Victor, but probably saying nothing and hearing what Patrick probably hears day in, day out, which is, you know. And what amazes me with that is, sometimes I try and come up with an idea for a a sitcom or a comedy. I thought, until I read that, that I'd, I'd come up with that myself. I thought I'd come up with the idea of, imagine writing... A sitcom where there's no one actually starring it, but you just hear voices. But then I thought ahead. I thought if I managed that, how you want to keep it a secret who the actors are, and you'd never be able to not put them in IMDb. But the fact that Renwick I thought of that years ago—well, he clearly didn't, he didn't pen anything. Someone could still do it, couldn't they? But he couldn't actually. I wonder dream... if he
1: did. I wonder if there's any like well, snippets of script well, he... lying around anywhere.
0: He said he couldn't dream up enough ideas to see it through. So I don't know how far he would have got.
1: I can um, imagine that's true. I, I can't imagine Patrick is an easy character to sustain an audience's interest with because nah. he's a very dull guy, isn't he?
0: Yeah, Angus Deaton plays it marvelously. Like just for the does. snip for the short scenes he's in.
1: But I mean, you, you see, the only time you ever see any sort of romance between Patrick and Pippa is in the Wisdom of the Witch. True. Yes. Yeah. The time they just they don't even really seem to like each other. That that's,
0: much. yeah, that's that's a that's a yeah.
1: And the house is. Bland as well. It's you know, their house is very sort of Argos, isn't it? The way it's decorated. It, I mean, is, it looks yeah. more like Victor and Margaret's old house. It's just sort of yeah. very very chintzy and seventies. Yeah. House looks so much more modern compared. It to It does that.
0: actually. It's actually it, it feels like it's aged fairly well. Yeah. Considering, but Romick had to cut some of the material for the for this episode for the trial, which he was oh. he was fine with, but he used it for the comic relief 1993 episode where he's just in the bath. Which um ah. I need to watch again. It's been some I will do a very short podcast on that. When
1: but, does um, that fall in the chronology? I've never really I've I've seen them, but I don't know where they are. It's, it comes exactly. just
0: it comes uh, after Secret Seven Sorcerers and oh, right. it's two the time.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. So
0: technically series sorry, episode seven and series four. Yeah. When Victor is yelling on the phone to the to the company about an employee of theirs and refers to him as Frank Spencer, Ridge Wilson guest starred in one episode of Some Mothers to Them which he played an insurance man and apparently um, famously sank through Frank Spencer's broken sofa, which was technically an outtake, but was kept in by the BBC despite the actors obviously struggling to keep each keep a straight face, but um, a tiny little link up there, a little um, reference to former colleague, if you like. I think this is one of two episodes that Margaret doesn't appear in, so this episode and comic relief bath Uh, episode, which is seven or eight minutes long. Richard Wilson was due to bring this episode back to the stage at the Edinburgh Fridge uh, Fridge Edinburgh Edinburgh Fringe Fridge until his heart attack sadly I don't Who imagine knows? it's
1: the kind of thing that a tour I guess it'd just be in the one place wouldn't it that...
0: yeah it would just it would probably. I can imagine it just being literally a one off as well so it'd be a lottery whether you if you applied for a ticket and yeah. was successful I think it's time if you've got enough energy then to do a Meldry Moan if you've got something you want to get off your chest now's the time
2: oh!
1: Uh, I've got, I mentioned this to you before we started recording, I have a meeting next week that lasts the entire week.
0: So you've got a meeting that doesn't just last an hour or a couple of hours, it lasts five days. Well, it...
1: for Tuesday to Friday, but we had the first day of it yesterday.
0: Like a long cricket game? over. A, like, like
1: a really long, dull <laughs> cricket game, so have sympathy.
0: And um, you're probably the victim elder of that group because you mentioned that some of your colleagues. Have polite polite enough to sort of not say you're not polite but you'll speak your mind and say come on let's just get on with it whereas they're not as brave as you are because you obviously got some corporate corporate pen pushers
1: yeah i mean i don't work i work in academia um so we we don't really have corporate leanings necessarily i mean i work with a group of research scientists but this particular meeting we have to deal with the people that give us money to do our research yeah and so We have to play these silly games, I guess. Um, And so we have a every thirteen weeks we have these meetings where we plan the next thirteen weeks of our work. Yeah. Um, And that work is building a huge radio telescope. Um, So it's a lot to talk about, and it's nice to just get things done. And I honestly think this meeting could be over in a day. But But, yeah,
0: but why? What's the reason? What's the can you summar, summarise in a sentence how they've uh, justified a meeting to last? I mean, that's a lot of time and money. Why, why does it take a week to,
1: to so discuss what's needed? There's a large number of different teams that all do different things. So I, I work in the part of this telescope that identifies that, w- well, when the telescope is built, we'll identify previously undiscovered neutron stars. And so we're we're building the functionality of this telescope to be able to recognize um, something that we haven't discovered before using all kinds of magical artificial intelligence techniques. And then there's other teams that work on observations of galaxies and other teams that work on other stuff like solar physics and all that stuff. So there's all these different teams all working together, building different parts of this telescope. And so in order for us all to be able to talk to each other and have enough time, it apparently takes a week.
0: I mean, your job sounds a lot harder than my job, and I struggle my job sometimes, so...
1: I hate it, I hate <laughs> this part of it. I, I, once this week is over, I'll be quite happy to just get on with stuff, but I'll be dreading the next one.
0: With with your profession, can you do things in your own time relating to your profession?
1: Yeah, yeah, so we're yeah. largely just left to our own devices outside of the outside oh, that's not
0: of too bad. Um, yeah, so once this meeting's over, celebrate with a takeaway, glass of wine, once in the grave, Maybe even Definitely. a podcast. I don't know. I can't suggest a podcast. Uh, but um, yeah, celebrate. I'm, be,
1: I'm behind on all my podcasts. I've, I haven't listened to any of your series, for, uh, series three yet, um, except the first one. That's all right. There's, there's no rush. So I've got a lot of catching up to do, and I won't they'll listen be, to the one I'm in, so I've only got five okay. to go.
0: They'll be out. They'll be there forever and a day until the BBC tell me to take it down. Well, oh, Ben, thank you for taking up your time. Uh,
1: oh, hang on, hang on. What about your man?
0: Well, I haven't been doing LG Moans the last um, handful. I just, okay. Mel Jumones. Oh, this is embarrassing. I can't. There must be something. There is something. I just can't. My brain's <laughs> a fudge. I've, like I said, for the last half dozen episodes, I've just been letting the guests have a whinge.
1: Ah, right. Okay. And I've,
0: I've left it there. So I'm probably going to leave it there until I oh, think off. of something legit that I can moan about. But um, yeah, thank you for coming on again, Ben. And
1: Absolute pleasure. Not,
0: not for the last time, I hope, but I hope good, luck with, good luck with your um, uh, marathon meetings.: I'll try not um, to get fired. No, yeah, just just try and, uh, yeah, have a glass of turnip wine or, or whatever. <laughs> <you there. laughs> oh
1: that'd but, be
0: good. Uh, next week, I'll be discussing the sixth and final episode of series four, with the exception of the Al- Algarve one of the Algarve and Comic relief episode with Andrew Stowe to discuss Secret of the Seven Sorcerers. Probably my favourite episode of Series 4. Maybe Hearts of Darkness comes before that. Yeah, the trial is amazing, but it wouldn't be in my... Even in this series, my favourite episode. It's just, yeah, I think it's because you're missing Annette Crosby, Mrs. Walburys. Doreen Mantle. Doreen Mantle. That's why, mainly. If you'd like to email, please do, with any suggestions, or you'd like to come on the show. It's one the podcast at gmail.com i'm on twitter at one foot the pod and you'll see victor maldrew himself that's me on facebook and yeah a bit of interaction there so get in touch if you like to get involved in any way but thank you for your oh i do want to read out quite a nice review i feel like um i i don't do enough of this i do get the odd review now and again i'm just gonna read out uh yes yeah, so this is from sebastian melmoth i think i pronounced it correctly So he's for a long time in coming. This is the podcast for all One Foot in the Grave aficionados of fans of classic British comedy in general. Informative, educational, inquisitive, amusing, recommended. That's very, very kind. Thank you, Sebastian Melmoth. Very kind of you. But yeah, thank you, Ben. Take good care. And for everyone else, you'll be hearing the next episode next week. Thank you.
2: One Foot in the Grave.